welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Hey, Kingdom Culture family, happy Sunday. Welcome to our online experience. For those of you that are new with us, I wanna say a special welcome. So thankful that you stopped by. Hope this experience has impacted you so far and praying that the message would also really strengthen your soul today as you continue with your day after you listen to it. Maybe you're listening after the fact. Welcome, even if we don't see you on here. But hey, if you're live with us today, please comment and let us know how this is impacting your life. Let us know where you're watching from, whether it's Facebook or YouTube or even Instagram. Please like, share, help us spread the word. Help us spread the greatest news in a time where so many people, they need to hear good news. They need to hear hope. And that's what we're hoping today, that hope would just be the message that gets out there all the time, each and every week. And so today, I wanna read a passage. I'm gonna read 16 verses to you today out of 1 Kings chapter 17. It's a story I love. And uh, you may have, may or may not have heard this story before. And I'm really just going to prophetically, okay, prophetically encourage you. When I say prophetically, what I mean by that is I believe there are things that God is saying in every season. And then there are things that God is saying that are on repeat in every season. And I think that in every season of life, whether it's a good season, where I mean like it's just things are going amazing, or there's things that are happening that are that are causing you to struggle or are just hard or difficult. Maybe it's emotionally, mentally, whatever the case may be, whatever situation or season, stage, and age you find yourself in, my prayer is that this would be an encouragement for you now, okay, for you in, in this current circumstance that you may uh, be facing. I want to read out of first, chap- first Kings chapter 17, verse 1 talking about Elijah. Elijah, great prophet, great, great prophet, and uh, powerful life lived, inspiring life lived. In fact, he was one of two people that uh, didn't have a physical death. He was taken up by God. You can read it in 2 Kings chapter 2. He was taken up by God in a whirlwind. And, uh, and, and, you know, never had a physical death. And so uh, it's an interesting character, kind of like Enoch did. But uh, before we don't go on a rabbit trail, I'm going to go into verse 1 here, chapter 17 of 1 Kings. Now, Elijah, who was from Tishba in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years. That's actually three and a half years. There was a three and a half year drought, okay? No rain, kind of famine-ish, okay? And uh, kind of like what we're in right now. I'm not saying that this pandemic is going to last three and a half years, and I'm not saying it's not not going to last three and a half years. I'm just saying that this, in this context, uh, it was he was prophesying a, a drought, a famine, a three and a half year window of time where there would be no dew or rain, okay? And he says, until I give the word. So Elijah, as a prophet, he gives the word that there will be no rain. And then he also says 
to King Ahab that he will give the word when it's over, okay? So verse two, then the Lord said to Elijah, verse, uh, uh, go to the east and hide by the Kareth brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. Remember, there are fa- there's a famine. And so God finds a way to provide for Elijah even though there's a famine, and he sends ravens to bring him food. Now, you may be thinking, this is not, this is a fairy tale. No, listen, God is a supernatural God. He can do whatever he wants. Psalms 115 says that he does what he pleases. If God can talk through a donkey, which he did, God can speak, God can command a ravens to bring food to Elijah, okay? God is in charge. He can do whatever he wants. If your picture of God is this natural way of explaining him, you don't know who God is. God is way bigger than your thoughts, way bigger than your imagination, and he is in the business of blowing minds all the time, okay? And if you want to learn more about that, join one of my schools of the supernatural that is being launched very soon, okay? Now, he says, until I give the word, verse 2. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go into the east to hide by the Kareth brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Verse 4, drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. For I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kareth brook east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Then the Lord said to Elijah, now it's funny because now, so there was provision for a time, provision for a season. God gave him instruction. But then what happens when that provision runs out? Maybe in your life right now, God gave you an instruction to do something and things were working out. There was provision there. There was resource there. But now that resource is gone. What do you do next? Well, the same God that instructed you to go to the brook and the same God that instructed the ravens to bring you the food, the same God that gave you the brook to drink out of, okay, is the same God who will also instruct you what to do next. Because in every new season, there's always a new method often of provision and resource available to us. And we can't get used to one way. God is always adapting. He's always expanding. He's always growing our our acceptance of his favor and our, our ability to receive his goodness and his grace and especially his provision, okay? So it says here uh, in verse eight, then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So this is the next phase of instruction, okay? First phase, brook, ravens. Next phase, a widow. Someone that doesn't have much, okay? But you're gonna go there. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. Verse 10, so he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? Verse 11, as she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me also a bite of bread too. I love this. Like he's a prophet, okay? There was a huge respect for prophets, especially in this time because they um, they, they weren't everywhere, right? So when a prophet would show up, I mean, man, you'd honor, you would bring, you know, food, have a meal ready. And so here's this prophet, Elijah. He's a well-known prophet. He says, bring me some water in a cup. And uh, then he says, oh, by, by the way, bring me some bread, a bite of bread too, verse 12. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a, f- a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. 
I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. What a, what a very depressing response to hear from someone that you just asked uh, uh, for a bite of bread from and some water. I mean, that's just sad. I mean, here I am, like, is I, I, Elijah, you know, I see this widow. I've been instructed by God. God told me to come to you, that God told me he instructed you to give me what I need, okay? And I ask you what God told me to ask you, basically, and you're saying that um, you were just preparing this last meal for you and your son to die. And so I'm, I'm sure I, Elijah, probably in that moment, I mean, he's human, probably felt some guilt, but he knew that obedience to God was more important than the guilt in that moment that he would feel. Now, this is a challenging thing, okay, for a lot of us, because I hear people all the time say stuff like, well, God wouldn't tell you to do something like that because look look at the outcome or look at what so-and-so said. Like, God, was that really God? Because if this was put in modern times today and you felt God told you what God told Elijah, and not that you would necessarily do this because, you know, we don't just do the things that are in the Bible that way. That was what God was speaking to Elijah. It doesn't mean that God, that's what God's speaking to you to do. But if you were to do this today, and you were to hear someone say to you, well, we were just getting ready to die, like this was our last meal, I'm sure that your obedience would be sacrificed to God in that moment for your compassion, guilt, and love for this woman, right? I mean, that's just human thing, the human thing to do. But here we have this upside down scenario. God does things really differently than we do, okay? And this is what makes him God. And so, here, here we have um, this situation going on. I've already kind of given you a bit, little bit of the backdrop. She says, I only have a handful of flour. So the fact that she does have something makes a statement. Elijah asked this widow, uh, give me a bite of bread and please give me some water. He didn't ask for flour. I mean, in this scenario, like she'd have to actually bake him bread, okay? He's asking for bread. He's asking for water asking for a drink. And she has a handful. So she has something. She has something to give. And a lot of us in this season, some, whatever stage or an age or, or phase you find yourself in right now, you may feel like you have nothing to give. But let me just tell you, you have something to give. I te- people, people talk to me all the time about this. about and they, and they use the scripture like, God will never give you more than you can handle. That is absolutely a misconstrued um, scripture. It's a, it's a taken out of context. God will never allow you to be tempted more than you can handle, but God absolutely will give you more than you can handle in life so that you can let, learn to let him handle it for you. Okay. Because if we had to handle everything ourselves, then what would God's, uh, uh, what would God's role be in our life? Now, God, part of God's role in our life is that we surrender to him the things that we cannot handle. We surrender our anxieties. We surrender our struggles. We surrender the things that we've been fighting against that just aren't working out in our favor. And so God absolutely gives us more than we can handle all the time so that we can learn to let him handle it on behalf of us. Okay. So I hear people all the time say, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I don't. And really the question, usually the, the, the reality behind that statement is that they just don't want to do it. They don't want to do it because often it's only until we do it and step out onto the water that we learn that we can actually walk on the water. Peter had to get up out of the boat 
to actually try walking on water to figure out that he could walk on water. Peter knew in and of himself he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. But he decided to be obedient to God, kind of like the widow here. I only have a handful. What can I do with a handful? But she, she, just like Elijah did, had to be obedient. I'm going to continue reading in a second. But back to the Peter analogy, Peter was called by God to walk on the water. Peter knew he couldn't walk on the water. He didn't realize he could walk on the water until he actually stepped his foot and walked on the water, right? So in life, often, we feel like we don't have what it takes. We feel like we can't do something. But we often don't realize that the only way we learn to see that we can do something with God is by stepping out of the boat of comfort and actually trying and actually uh, um, potentially risk failing at the expense of obedience because obedience to God is so important and obedience to God always wins, okay? So this is what we're talking about here. And really the definition of obedience, by the way, is humility. It takes humility to be obedient to God, to lower ourselves so much that we just trust him with everything and let him lead our lives. Okay, so back to the passage here. That was my little side trail. Okay, back to the passage. She says, I only have a handful of flour left in a jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks for this last meal so that my son and I will die. Verse 13, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said but make a little bread for me first. So now it gets a little stranger, okay? The conversation, he's like, Elijah's like, okay, don't be afraid, okay? Um, you know, do what you said, like, like make the meal so that you may die. Let it be your last meal, but just don't forget, before you die, <laughs> before you make the meal for you and your son, make a little bread for me first, what? Like, this is a crazy story, okay? Because, like I said, if this was put into today's context, Elijah would have been considered the most rude, selfish uh, uh, prophet of all, of all time. But here he is simply doing what God said for him to do. And then he says this, Then use what's left, after you make me the meal first, then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. Use what's left over after you've served me first, because you're going to die anyways. Serve me first and then serve yourself. Like, that's like a slap in the face. I don't know if you're if you're hearing and seeing what I'm seeing here. But here's the thing, okay? Let me just give you some uh, symbolic context that we need to see the scripture through. Prophets in this time were the representations of God to the people. Prophets were God's mouthpiece to the people. In a sense, prophets were like God himself visiting humanity, God's voice to humanity. Because in that context, you guys, listen, prophets uh, um, had an assignment from God. The Spirit of God would come on them for seasons and assignments and then would lift. Okay, that's why David would pray prayers like, God, don't take your spirit from me. Don't take your spirit from me. Because in that context, God's presence and anointing would fall for an assignment, for a purpose, and then because of disobedience, it would lift. Whereas now in the new covenant, the, the presence of God is here and here to stay, okay? Despite whether we make a mistake one day and don't do it right the next day, God's presence is not coming on us and lifting and lift, like lifting because we did a bad thing and, you know, we're on the naughty list for today and tomorrow we're on the good list and all of a sudden God's presence is back. No, that's not how it works. On the cross, Jesus made a way one last time, tore the veil, so we have a 24 access on tap, access pass to God 
all the time. But in the Old Covenant, under the Old Te- in the Old Testament, um, in that time frame, okay, these prophets, they they were like as God to the people. That's why even Moses, it was said of Moses that he was as God to the people, okay? And then Aaron was his mouthpiece. And so it's, it was very important to understand that in this context, the widow serving the prophet in this moment, the widow serving Elijah was as though the widow was serving God himself, okay? And that's why I believe uh, th- this this could this interaction could happen because there was an understanding of Elijah as a prophet. He understood who he was. And there was even an understanding as a widow that when this prophet said, serve me first, it made a statement of something. You watch what's going to happen. Honor the prophet, honor God's man in that moment, and it's as though you're honoring God, and you watch what will take place after the fact. Okay, now, this is a scary topic for so many people, but I'm just the delivery man here reading the scripture for you, okay? But Elijah said, don't don't be afraid, go ahead, do what you said, make a little bread for me first, and use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. Verse 14, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I love this. So, serve me first, then serve yourself. Then he gives them a promise. See, this is very important. He's getting your attention. Serve God first, okay? Make God the priority in your life. And you watch what's gonna come as a result of putting him first. Then he says this, this is the promise that Elijah says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops will grow again. Now remember, they were in a three and a half year drought. We don't know how long into this journey it was already in the three and a half years. It could have been like the first three months. We don't know exactly, okay? Could have been two years, could have been one year. We don't know exactly. We don't know when the brook dried up for Elijah and he went to the widow. We don't know exactly the timeline. But for three and a half years, there was a drought. So he's saying, listen, for the next however long until the drought ends, You're going to have as much as you need. Now, he was testing her before that because he said the statement, go ahead, do what you're going to do. Like, make the meal and then die, but serve me first. He was testing her in that that moment. How is she going to respond? I bet you, I bet you the promise of the Lord came as a result of her heart turning towards the things of God, turning to putting God first, turning, I bet you her gaze shifted Something happened, and as a result, Elijah saw it, saw it in the Spirit and said, okay, you're going to get a promise. God's got you. He's got you. Because you're willing to put him first, because you're willing to trust him with, with, what's, with what's most precious to you, which in this context is your handful, and even your son. You're willing to trust your son because he's going to die. You're gonna, both going to die. You don't have enough food left. You're trusting me with your son, your, your, your own life, but also your handful, the last of what you have the most important of what you have. He says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and crops grow again. Verse 15, so she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued. Now, I love this. She and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers just excuse me, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. This is such a powerful story for us in this season. We may feel like we don't have a lot to give. We may feel like we don't have enough. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's time. 
Maybe it's, um, you know, relationship time or, 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 or focus for a business that, you know, we started, but now we feel like we don't have the grace to continue developing or time for, or I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's a relationship, some sort of relationship thing. I don't know what it is for you, but you feel like you don't have enough, but you know, God's called you, you know, God's uh, led you to this place. My encouragement for you is that if you put God first in your little, God will take care of the rest. If you put first God first in with your handful, the little that you have, you may only have 10 minutes to give to the situation, 10 minutes to give to this individual. You may feel like you're out of time, but you got five minutes, you got a half an hour. Whatever it is that you can give to God in this season, God will take it and he'll multiply it and he'll give you exactly what you need to continue doing what he's called you to do until the season changes. I believe we're in this type of season right now. This pandemic, what's going on right now around the world, Ontario, all the things that we're facing, we can't not acknowledge it. I mean, mental health, uh, physical health, so many things, addiction, so many things are happening and bombarding us right now. If there was ever a time that we need to understand the importance of the handful, it's right now. The little strength that you have, the little time that you have, the little bit of mental wholeness that you feel you have right now. If you can give that and you can trust God with it and you can put God first in every area of your life concerning these specific areas, God will give you, turn that handful into much. God will turn that handful into abundance. God will turn that seed into many trees. It's like sowing a seed into the ground, putting a seed into the soil. If you want more seeds, you gotta put that seed and plant that tree so that tree produces more seeds. And those seeds produce more trees. You'll never have a multiplication. You'll never have a reaping. You'll never have a harvest if you don't sow, if you don't put a seed into the ground, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's something to do with a relationship, whether it's a new business, new opportunity, whatever it is, what you sow will be directly affect what you reap in your life. If you sow fear, you're gonna reap fear back. If you sow that withholding spirit, you're afraid to let it go, you're gonna lose even what you have. In this moment, that widow could have lost even what she had because she chose not to put God first in and through her life, but because she chose to put God first by putting the prophet first in that moment, God took care of the rest. God took her little handful and multiplied it over and over again for those three and a half years until that, that famine that, that uh, drought uh, was over. God took care of her. And I believe God will take care of you in this season. I know this is a word for somebody out there listening right now. Maybe you're struggling right now. You feel like God, it just it's, the resources aren't there. It's hard right now. Take your handful. Trust God with it. Put God first and watch what he does as a result. I know this was a shorter message, but this is my encouragement for us this morning, my prophetic encouragement in this season. Put him first and watch God take care of the rest in Jesus' name. God bless you, Kingdom Culture, and we will see you next week. Wow, what an incredible message by Pastor Sean. Really loved 
like I was super encouraged by that. Remind, a good reminder that God is taking care of us mm -hmm. in every season, in every moment of our lives. So I really want to encourage and pray for you as well, declaring that God's provision over you, over your financial health, over your relational health. health. I declare that God will come today and encounter mm -hmm. you and, and really want to pray for you saying, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this encouragement. We want to honor you and we we thank you for your provision in this season, Father. And for those that are needing a specific miracle, mm -hmm. Father, in this season, those that are in a desperate situation, I just declare provision i declare healing i declare the miracle coming knocking at your door today father those that need healing that they may receive healing today this morning father that we may live from that perspective remembering that all things are ours in you jesus thank you so much for this message for this encouragement let it be a good seed in our hearts bringing forth so much good fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Also, if you're watching this and you never experienced this life transformation that Jesus can bring into your life, He changed my life. He changed my mm -hmm. wife's life. And He wants to do that with you as well. If you want to give your life to Jesus and trust that He will come and make you and give you a new life, give you a fresh hope, I want to pray with you right now. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me, saying, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I ask forgiveness for my sins. Mm -hmm. And I want to walk in newness of life. Come and change me. Write a new story in my life. I give you everything. I thank you because you raised Jesus, God. You raised Jesus from the dead to give us new life. We honor and we love you. And I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you made a decision today, Please let us know. We would love to celebrate with you and to connect with you. So the email is prayer at kindleculture.ca. Absolutely, guys. That, that's it for today's experience. Yes. I hope you enjoyed. Have an amazing, amazing week, an amazing day out there. God bless you guys. Remember to share this experience and to like it right now. God bless you. Bye-bye. See you next week.